Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, I'm Gary Mansfield. And welcome to the Mizog Art Podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by banging these bongos. Hello and welcome to episode number 20 of the Mizog Art Podcast. I trust you all had a Merry Christmas and are yet to break your New Year's resolution. Mine was made and it is that I'm going to be creating more artwork this year. I finished off the year by creating 25 dark stars. They were barbed wire stars that could go on top of the tree, but painted black. They were accompanied by a phrase, which was... Not everybody follows the brightest star. It's meant to just highlight the fact that we're, we're not all wise like the three wise men. Some of us follow the wrong star, take the wrong path and suffer the consequences. Karen Ashton allowed me to promote the Mizogart podcast at the Art Car Boot Fair this Christmas. Dave Bonaguidi was also there, working with Jealous on their pitch. I swapped one of these dark stars with one of Dave's screen printed glitter trash dollars. Which brings me nicely to the artist's focus on this week's episode, which is Dave Buonaguidi. You'll probably know Dave's work. He's better known for screen printing bold pink text onto old maps and manuscripts. One of his latest pieces I saw at the Ace Club's private view a couple of weeks ago. It was that pink text screen printed over a map. But there is quite a funny story behind the map that he bought off of eBay for this particular piece of work. He will tell you about that in the podcast. Possibly because of his advertising background, Dave is an artist who does not hang about. Because he works throughout the week, he screen prints like a madman over the weekend. And he literally decided to become an artist overnight. In this episode, we also talk about work being plagiarised. And how one of the country's biggest estate agents brought out ads that were identical to Dave's work. And how he went on a relentless mission to try and get them to apologise. About 30 minutes in, 
I start to tell Dave the story about how I got into art via prison. So although Dave hasn't heard it, I know that you have. So there is a section where I kindly fade out and then I kindly fade back in again just to save your ears. So for the first episode of 2019, let me introduce you to Mr. Dave Buonaguidi. I've got seven questions that I ask each yeah. artist. Yeah. They're simple questions. How would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Right. Uh, I must. I mean, predominantly, I'm a screen printer, um, but I've been sort of exploring art and making stuff for you know, 35 years plus. Because you know, I obviously went to college, studied as a graphic designer, and I was always into sort of making things. And the thing that I get very excited about is upcycling and finding things I'm always looking for stuff so I'm sort of I used to make clocks out of lumps of wood old railway sleepers yeah. and I'd find them in a the street that had just been chucked away chop them up cut a movement into it put a brass plaque on it and just make them interesting just I, I kind of like finding things and then turning it into something else and um, with the art with the screen printing it's exactly that which is um, I started trying to print onto normal bits of blank paper but then I found there was more of a connection when I printed onto something that already existed. Yeah. So uh, it started with these maps that I found in an antique shop. And I just pulled there with these sort of folding maps, beautiful kind of printed paper on linen with a mm. linen backing. Printed open about, I thought, Christ, these are amazing. They're beautiful. The colours in them are amazing. And they're, but they're obsolete. You know, now yeah. it's, a, yeah. it's an app on your phone that sort of talks to yeah. you. Whereas these things, I remember my dad, wherever we drove somewhere, he'd have it on the bonnet of the car yeah. in the fucking yeah. wind and it'd be yeah. going mad. And there's something, you know, all the A to Z, and there's something about that. It's very tangible, yeah, and it's yeah. kind of in your hand. But they're also beautiful pieces of work, you know. In 1920 or 1900, when these things were originally created, they would have been drawn by hand, and yeah. the typesetting would have been done. And, and I think they're too beautiful. Where did to you be, get those from? I just found. Uh, we went down to Canberra Sands, yeah. and I found them in an antique shop. Nice. Literally, I was just going through the antiques. I love old shit. Yeah, yeah. And I went in there and I thought, what are these things? And then pulled them out and I thought, and then my mic just went ding, or oh, I could do something. Yeah. Like, the, the first thing I started doing was printing jokes about the area on them. Yeah. So I found there was one about Newcastle and I printed a joke on that. Yeah. I did it as a one off, and then I thought, I need to get something that will work across loads of different yeah. maps rather than just doing but it as a one off. You was putting stuff that was sort of in the vernacular of. The, of of that area of that area yeah that. trying to localise it in a way I'm sort of I'm doing that now as well so I've started doing these these maps where um, I take sayings and you know like I've just done these Newcastle ones that say you know, yeah, why I yeah. and, uh, and then also did a whole selection of Scottish ones that said ne- neeps and tatties yeah, which is the yeah, stuff they yeah. we did fish and chips as well which is just all the places I've had fish and chips yeah, around the nice. coast but I've got a massive I've got a big five metre version of that that says yeah. fish and chips and cans of pop which I'll have at the um the candid art, the Ace Club thing, yeah. but it's like I thought when I bought it online, I thought it was going to be about <laughs> a meter and a half. It turned out it was five meters long. Oh. It's just the biggest thing I've ever printed. And Is it a single? Map? Yeah, 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 single. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So what would that been? Do you think that would have been in a like a? I have a no, tra- I have no idea. It's, it's really odd because it on a transport company's wall or something. I don't know. It's it's just ridiculous. And also the weird thing is it's. It's kind of long, and the the UK sort of sits in the middle, but then there are these huge gaps, like big white areas, and I've gold leafed them to try and fill in all yeah, the gaps. Yeah. But it's a, it's a remarkable map. But the problem is when I got it, 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 it pissed me off because I suddenly went, shit, now I've got to print something on it. Yeah. Because I thought, well, if it's, if it's just normal size, I'll just print something usual on it. Do you think that it's your 
advertising background that you needed something with information on it. Being on a blank canvas, um, you had no information in front of you, whereas your advertising background, yeah. you have a formula. Yeah, um, and it's a very strict formula. I mean, yeah. you kind of work to a brief. Uh, you know, when, when somebody comes in to ask us to help them out sell a product, they, they ask, you know, we, we, have a, we know who we're going to be selling to, what you're going to be saying, what's the most potent thing you can say, what's the right thing yeah. to say, what's the wrong thing to say. So you kind of, there's a lot of science that goes into the creation of the, the piece of advertising. And I remember when I first started printing in 2014, I was really sort of sitting there thinking, well, there's loads of stuff that I know as an ad man that could be relevant to... Uh, giving, put, pointing me in the right direction when I create the work, and uh, I kind of knew what I liked, the stuff I liked doing, which was to sort of upcycle and find things that were dead, effectively, and then try and get them out of the box yeah. under the stairs or out of the loft onto a wall in a pride of place is the ambition. Um, also, because the things I like to print on, whether they're old love letters from the fifties or old maps, there's something very evocative about that, very emotional. Mm. And you know, when you put a map in front of anybody, they're drawn to it. And they go, oh, that's where I've been, or that's where I, you know, I know somebody lived there, or that's where I went to school, or that's where I worked, or that's where I lived. And there's something very powerful about that. And uh, I, I think it's very hard to, to achieve that in art, mm. just straight art. If you're just going, I just make landscapes, you know, it's it's people have got to like your style and they've got to like your story, and but there's nothing else, and so yeah. it becomes this becomes a technical thing. Yeah. Whereas I'm, I, I think, in advertising, you're trained to work out how to cut through the stuff that everybody else is doing. How do you make your your ad stand out in front yeah. of everybody else. I mean, and the, there's the a end result there. in sorry, the end yeah. result in in your life as an ad man and your life as an artist, the end result is exactly the same. Totally, exactly but the, the, same. the way the direction which you got there is poles apart. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and and that's kind of what's fascinating. I mean, somebody I, I said to you earlier, somebody asked me ages ago if you when you, know, when you left college at 18, 19, would you know, would you have rather gone into the art world? And I sort of sat and I thought, you know, I've been doing advertising for 30 years. I don't like it. I, don't, I love the business. I just don't like any of the people. Yeah. And, um, and so I keep setting up these businesses to try and satisfy what I want to do in the business, which is work for clients and, yeah. and help them out. Yeah. Um, but the things I've learned doing that have really helped me as an artist because, as we said earlier, I think it's one of those things that when you start with a piece of work, you know, when I when I'm thinking about creating a piece of art, I'm thinking about, you know, who am I going to be selling it to? What's everybody else doing? What can I do that's going to be yeah. different to that, or a little bit similar to that? That will, you know, you don't want to do something so mental that yeah. nobody gets yeah. it and then they kind of reject you. So you know, I do it because I want to sell stuff, but I also want people to like my stuff. Mm. I don't just want them to buy it because it's, you know. I mean, if we if I just ask you about the route in which you become an artist, I know it's sort of yeah. like putting the handbrake on where we are and mm. sort of taking you back a bit, but. It's obviously advertising. Yeah. Um, can you start with St. Luke's? Yeah. Was, uh, it, was that around here? It was King's Cross, Euston. Uh, only because when I was walking over oh, there. St. Luke's Church. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? It was, it was a funny story. Because we, we, I was living in Spitalfields at the time, and we wanted, I wanted, uh, I'll, I'll explain it, because yeah, it's, a on, long, it's a long story. But uh, I've, I've worked in a variety of agencies, um, you know, First one was an agency called TBWA. I did that for a year. Went to another agency called WCRS. They're all, they're all the initials of the white middle class men that mm -hmm. set them up. That's how they normally work it. And uh, and then I worked in big agencies, and then I worked for a really small one that was a startup when it was about five or six people. And we worked there. And I think I just got the buzz for when you're in startup, it's just like it's electric. You know, you're kind of every decision you make, good or bad, has an immediate effect on yeah. the business. Whereas when you're in a big corporate 
you know, you could you could set fire to yourself and nobody would even notice. Mm. And the thing that's really cool about the startup world is it's just it moves at a real pace. But like I said, you are involved in every single aspect of it. Uh, we were working uh, at the age of 28. We got a chance to with me and my partner at the time got a chance to run this the, the, the London office of an American agency, and we did that for two years, and then they sold it. So we got a phone call on a Friday night or Sunday night saying there's a big meeting on Monday morning where they're going to announce something, and we're like, "What is it?" And we said, "Oh, they're selling." And we're like, "Fuck!" And it had been it had been running in London for like five or six years, and it had been a real mess, and. Um, they just needed a kind of reinvigoration so they just thought you know what let's just put these two twats in they put us in there and I think it was one of those things where it was a bit more of a shit or bust thing we didn't really care because yeah, yeah. we just thought well we're 28 if we, if we mess it up we can put it down yeah, to stupidity yeah, and yeah. youth but if we do well then we get all the credit because exactly. nobody else has done yeah. anything so we just, just did what we wanted you've got to look at it like uh, it's almost like little lights flashing on a dashboard yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. London was black suddenly London's working again LA started working New York started working all of a sudden you become an attractive proposition yeah, somebody yeah. goes oh we'll buy that so we were going to you know, it was a nice thing but the problem that they had was that London, the London office of this company that was buying us was really good so we were all going to lose our jobs they were just going to assimilate us you know, yeah. take all the business and then spit out all the people yeah. and so we just went fuck that we're not going to do it and the team of, uh, I mean, I was one of the management team of six, and we just said we're not going to be part of that. And this, a guy called David Abraham, who's now the, who was the chief exec at Channel Four for about five or six, for about ten years, until recently, um, organised the deal with the, the Yanks and said, right, we don't want to be part of this deal. We're just going to go off. We're going to take all the business, all the staff, and we're going to go and set up a new business. So when we set up set up the business, we already had thirty staff who were all average age of about twenty one. Uh, we had, uh, I don't know, 15, 16 clients who were all paying. All the clients had been told, we're going to go and do the staff, this. The staff were all shareholders as well. Well, that's when we, when, we did, when we did St. Luke's. We said, right, let's try and do something different. Why don't we do something different? So I think it was the first agency that wasn't one, one of the first seen best good agencies. It wasn't named after some guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, we made it a cooperative. Everybody was an equal shareholder. He had different salaries, so... The chief exec would get paid whatever he got paid, and the cleaner, Rose, who was this 50-year-old Jamaican lady, she would get paid her salary for being a cleaner. But we all had exactly the same yeah. shares because I was obsessed about this thing of contribution and also care. You know, we're in the business of caring. So when I walk into your house, you know, you would have looked after your house the way that you want to do it. Yeah. Well, but unfortunately, what happens is when you go into businesses sometimes, people... People don't behave like it's their property. They behave like it's somebody else's, yeah. and they're just they're just in there. And I, it makes me really angry because I want when there's a client sitting in reception who pays our bills, who pays our salaries. Everybody, whether you're the cleaner, the chief exec, anybody should go up to them if they're on their own. Say, can I help you? Blah blah blah. You know, how you doing? Do you want a cup of tea? And you help them out. Yeah. And and when you give people ownership, they do that. Did you have an interest in art at that time? Well, I, I can't. I mean, I did. I did uh, graphics at college, and I was. You know, I love I love art. I love making stuff. But the problem is, is I was just busy, so so, so yeah. busy all the time. Because when you're trying to run a business, you're just pitching the whole time, you're pitching against other agencies. Yeah. You've got 15, 16 clients as the creative director. Everything goes through you, so you just spend your whole time in meetings. But I'd get home at night. But then creating the ad, be knackered. I mean, I, I obviously don't know the ad, the advertising world, but I just see it as pretty much fundamentally the same as creating an artwork. Yeah, got, it just when, takes when just takes a year longer. <laughs> no, but, that's, but it's true because yeah. you know, you'll have an idea. But normally, what happens is the, the difference, the, the fundamental difference is a client will come to you and say, 
um, this is what I want to sell. Yeah, this is all the, the that's, foundation. That's, uh, yeah. Assuming that you've already got the business. If you're pitching for the business, the client will come to 10 agencies and go, I'm going to talk to all of you, and I'm going to pick five of you to do a little song and dance routine for me. Yeah. And then if you win that, so that's quite, that's quite long. That'll take four months. Yeah. So you, if you win the business, they'll come to you and say, right, this is what we want to sell. This is what we want to do. And then we'll have a strategist who will sit there and go, okay, I've listened to all of that. I'll write it all down. We'll have a think about who the right audience is and what the right message would be. So they, they create what's, what's called mm. the brief. And then they'll give that to the creative teams who are art director and copyright. I mean, this is pretty plonky. Now, the, the difference between that and art is obviously it's a compromise. You know, you're working with an agency of 50 people. You know, with art, you, I can sit there and go, I just want to do that. And I'm the only I'm the client, so I can sit and lie in bed in the morning and go, "That's what I want to do," and I can go and make it yeah. and then sell it. So there's one person involved, two if it's a gallery. Whereas with uh, with advertising, you've got twenty, thirty people, yeah. and it takes a year to do, to do a TV ad. It, it, it well, costs see, a million quid. As, and as takes I mentioned a year. earlier, you can see that. Yeah, well, I it's mean, it's very bold. It's word. It's word heavy. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like. You know, in advertising, you're taught to, it's all about reduction. You've got a very complex message that you then have to reduce into something really, really simple and, mm. and tangible. And, you know, but when then you, if, you, if you parallel it with, with an artwork, it's exactly the same. Yeah, you know, yeah you, totally. It's you, a message. You, you strip it down and, and, and you try to convey and, something in a yeah. slightly different language. And you, and you want people to react yeah. in the same way that when they see ads, that you, you want them to change a bit of behaviour, you want them to go and buy something, or you want them to like something yeah. or laugh. And I think art should have exactly the same reaction. You know, I remember I was massively influenced by uh, propaganda posters. My, grand, my Italian grandmother bought me a, a book that was just full of the most amazing propaganda posters. She, this is when I was about 12, and yeah. I had it. I've still got it. And it just had all these amazing posters from the Second World War. Um, and the message is like, you know, really two-word, three-word messages. I mean, pretty evocative stuff. And I remember looking at that and just thinking, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. And then getting into advertising, which is a form of propaganda. You're sort of selling a message to somebody. And then when you get into the art stuff, I still think that there's a role for a message. You know, we're in an era now where uh, street art has has changed the art world quite yeah, a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a kind of, you know, it's, it's very provocative and you can, you can say messages and people aren't just interested in nice things, nice pictures to stick yeah. on the wall. They want something that's a statement that reflects their point of view about mm. something. And I think that's well, it, it makes does it reflect the society, doesn't it? Because yeah. society now, you know, the, the society has got a sort of um, concentration level of uh, several seconds, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. To, to, to grab, where that's what you know, the, the street art. It, it well, it feels it feels instant, instant, and it feels yeah. instant, but it also feels like there's a point of view that they've got, and I think everybody now wants to express their own personality and I think art has a role to play in that which is art isn't there just for something to that you like on the wall mm. or is as, as an investment it's something that expresses your yeah. point of view and your personality but I, do, I do think that yours is to me was quite similar to Heath Kane's and then mm. when I, I found out you were both in advertising yeah. that sort of did sort of answer a lot of questions that I had but it helps that both yours and Heath's have got layers so it's not just a bold statement that is pleasant on the eye it will survive yours and, and hopes. Well, and, and that's kind of the role that I suppose that's the way we're trained in advertising is you've got to try and create something that's going to... It's the kind of... The thing I really like about the art world, maybe, and maybe it's just because of the, the, the era that, we, that we're in where we're trying transitioning into... It's so digital now. Everything has got a kind of cold, kind of digital edge to it that making something... You know, I remember, I remember going to a gallery years ago and seeing um, a Picasso... And you could see his thumb, you could see his thumbprint yeah. in, the, in the paint. And I leant right up close to it, and it was 
I was fucking taken with it because you could see the person. It wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't perfect, and I, that's. I love that kind of it, and that's why I love a lot of street art is because it's, you know, often it's slung up. You have a lot of idea, and then you've got to get it up before you yeah. get nicked, yeah, or yeah, you get yeah, it up yeah, before yeah. somebody sees yeah. you. And but that's got a real energy to it, and I love those sort of you know the old Paris '68 posters that that wanted to make a point and, yeah. and wanted to change something, and you do it in a kind of rawness, and so. You know, the, the, the application of headlines, as I call them, for my stuff is just, you know, sometimes they're just random words. You know, you look at Ed Rusha's stuff, which I'm a huge fan of, where he kind of just puts sometimes just random words on things. And it just, it helps as a human, you know, your mind connects with it in a different way because you look at it and you try and connect it. Your brain is just a massive supercomputer mm. that's just trying to connect it. And if you can make sure that the gaps are quite big, that you fill in the blanks yourself mm. and then it becomes a little bit more you know so some of the stuff where I've got you know on a, on a map let's go get lost together I think that's pretty one dimensional yeah, now I yeah. think it's a bit boring whereas when you sort of play yeah, with words on a, in a different way it sort of it makes you think a little bit harder not harder but it makes you think a little bit more see the, I mean if anyone doesn't know your work it's, it's predominantly bold pink square lettering mm. with a, a red shadow isn't it yeah um, so it's, it's very attractive to the eye then you've got the even if it's not an antique map even if it's just a paper map yeah. which is still you know pretty yeah. old yeah. now you know the first one I saw was North and South oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was probably about would it have been about two years ago yeah. or yeah well again it's like you know I think the first London map I did happened to be a big fold out map that I found in an old cab office and it fold, It was all folded down into big squares. It was about a foot square. But when it pulled it out, it was huge. Yeah. And and one of my favourite sayings is that oi oi saveloy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just printed oi oi saveloy in a, a different letter in each box. Yeah. And it didn't mean anything. Yeah. But if you know, if you're from London and you've heard that phrase, oi oi saveloy, it's quite funny. Yeah. And but it was a one-off because I was never going to be able to. That's, that's the good with the vernacular. Yeah. Is because although everyone knows, probably knows oi oi saveloy and yeah. why I man. Yeah. It means a lot to the people who use it. Yeah, well, it just is creating a personal connection yeah. with the with yeah. the owner or the viewer and the artist, and I think that's really important that you create that connection. It's not this is just a nice picture or this is worth a lot of money and it will be worth a lot of money in the future. Yeah. You're buying something because it connects with you. And but then the thing I found with that with the Oyo Saveloy is because it was a one-off. I'd have to, you know, it took me. It takes a long time to print those yeah. because you, you know, it's a big old map. We've got multiple screens. Yeah, and, I should add, and there's only one. Yeah, you said yourself you've only been doing it for. Four, four years, yeah. Oh, and he said four stretch then. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you've been, only been doing it four years. Now, you walked out of another company you made, which was um, Karmarama. Yeah. The, the story that I heard just recently was that you walked out on on the Friday and started a print course. On the Saturday, on yeah. The, yeah. And that was with the print club. Yeah. I, I, went, I, I left Karmarama after 14 years, absolutely hated it, and it was my company. And I felt ashamed that I'd left my own company because normally when you set up your own business, that's supposed to be the answer to all your other frustrations. And all that had happened is I turned it into a massive um, corporate business full of people that I didn't want to ever see. And I hated them and I just hated yeah. everything about it. And I just thought, well, I've got two options. I either start standing in a burning building, you either wait and burn or you've jumped. Yeah. And so I just fucking went, right, I've done. Got on my bike, rode off and said, I'm not coming back. I thought you yeah. were going to say into the sunset then. No, it was, uh, it was up, up Kingston Road. It wasn't into Same the sunset. Um, but it was summer. But uh, but there was no sunset. But he, um, And then 
I sat there and I thought, right, if I've got, they, they put you on a massive non-compete because I was the founder. They go, you're not allowed to work for a year in the, in the ad business. You're yeah. not allowed to hire clients or people. You know, they, they put you, they, they strangle you to stop you from taking their business. But I was like, fine. You know, I don't want to fucking work in advertising. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Um, and uh, so I, I kind of thought, right, I really want to learn how to do three things. I have, ne- I just haven't learned anything new for 30 years. Mm. I want to learn how to screen print, learn how to save a life, and I want to learn how to sculpt. And I thought, if I've got a year, I'll do a four-month burst of each. And then I thought, that'd be good, because it gets to the end of the year, and I'll, if, I, if I see somebody dropped, you know, drop down yeah, the street, yeah, I can yeah, help yeah. them. And if I can sculpt something, that might be interesting. To screen. Yeah. I did screen printing the day after at Print Club, and I literally, it was like a drug. It was yeah. like heroin. It was fucking mad. And I just, I just went right When you learned to screen print, yeah. was, you, was your mindset, was you thinking, oh, I could use this in advertising. I could do. It was just another medium to advertise. Uh, sort of, but I did sit there and think. You know, I've done thirty odd years in advertising. I'd set up so many businesses and left all of them, and so and I never made any money. Yeah. Never. You know, I always walked out before somebody else sold them. So I've, I've made money, but I've never made. So how money. long was it before you started putting out the maps? The map. It was probably three or four months, because. I did the course, and then next door to Print Club Studio, the printing room, they've got desk space, and I needed somewhere. I thought, I'm not going to work at home, because if I stay at home for a year, you know, I'll go mad. Yeah. So I just rented desk space there. Had a little, I got my computers. I just set up an office there, basically, and just sat there coming up with ideas. And then I just happened to go to Canvas Sands one weekend with my kids, went into an antique shop, saw them. And it was probably quite early on. I think I was doing, I was doing stuff with glitter. I was always trying to think, how can I do something different that's not the same as... Mm everybody else because everybody else is you know there's a, there's a lot of artists around it's very competitive yeah. lots of galleries and at the moment text in art is everywhere yeah 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 I mean Anthony Burrell had, had yeah. kind of nailed that very yeah. early on um, but I kind of knew that if I could try and combine and I think the, the trick is and it's a similar sort of thing that you do in advertising a lot is if you do something massively original people reject it if you do something that's got a little bit of that and a little bit of this and yeah, a little bit yeah. of that and you can pull it together into something, you might have something that people like. Yeah, well, people do like... I mean, people do like me, <clears throat> but they also like something with a bit it's of a challenge. structure. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. You want something that's recognisable. Yeah. You want something that you sort of go, oh, yeah, that... And, and so words is obviously something that I've come from in advertising. Yeah. Graphics is something that I've come from in the, in the advertising world and design world. And then when you combine that with... Then putting it onto things that are found, and mm. then it creates an extra layer of yeah. the story. So um, it's, it's jumping forward a little bit here, but last year with Savills, yes, when yeah. they brought out the ad, all I saw was what I thought was Savile ads. I mean, Savills use Savills brought out an ad which was very similar to your artwork. Well, I did, and uh, even the, the wording was yeah, yeah, was yeah. Quite I mean, close, I did, I it? did these maps that said here and there with that font which yeah. is railway gothic with a drop shadow and um, and then I do you know I mean you know, loads and loads of there are lots of maps with lots of different phrases on them yeah. and one of them was this big map of India that I did that I had here and there and somebody sent me a, a, connect, a thing on a little message on LinkedIn um, on Instagram and said oh well done good that you started working with Savills and I went yeah. oh, what's that then and they sent me a picture and it was a fucking map that had here here and there and everywhere yeah. and I went oh yeah so that I, just, I mean I'd find it, it, was, it, it was white with, it was, with a blue it was, shadow it was, wasn't it yeah it was virtually exactly the same yeah um, you know different enough but so similar when you see them side by side yeah. you just go well yeah. you, you can see where it comes from 
And um, but you know, I, I work in advertising. I know it happens. You yeah. know, I'm probably guilty of doing it. You know, people can look at my work and go, "Yeah, I can see where he's got that idea from." Yeah. So it happens. Oh, it's, it's in the art world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. Everywhere. You know, they call it inspiration, yeah. inspired by. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's like when it's a, when it's when it's that close. I just thought, well, there's two things you can do. You can either moan about it and sit and drink beer and look at the fucking kettle all day long yeah. crying, or you can just have a laugh with it. And it would have been nice if Savills or the agency that they were that they employed. Who they're the ones who did the work. Yeah. It wasn't Savills, but their agency. If they'd come to me and said, "Would you be interested in doing this? We've got the artwork, and you've just come up with the idea," I'd go, "Yeah," and I'll charge you five grand for that. Yeah. But they didn't, so their design department would have done it, and guaranteed he would have seen something that I'd done or something that somebody had done. And it's, he's it's too close I mean, it's, to when be. you see it side by side, it's a rip. Um, funnily enough, uh, there's a, there's a a court case going on that I'm helping with somebody is trying to sue another company that I used to work for and I went down there and the, the lawyer happened to be a copyright lawyer and I said oh have a look at this just point of interest have a look at this and he says yeah same font same idea same, same words font same well, font same idea same words but he said they'll win yeah. and I said I know they will so he said what are you going to do about it and I said I'm just going to fuck with them yeah. and so I put out a thing saying yeah, no, I, d- I did do it. They've, uh, they, they took it, they, they ripped me off, but they've apologised. And they, in, in a couple of the early posts, it's all like, you know, they bought me tickets for the Chelsea game against Arsenal, which they hadn't. And then the chairman has apologised profusely and he's given me his, his flat in Lanzarote for two weeks <laughs> and given me some of his favourite jazz mags. Yeah. Well, you've got the chairman of Savills to give you his flat in Lanzarote. And I'm like, for fuck's yeah. sake, I'm joking. It's yeah, a joke. Yeah. And it went on for ages. And then... And then they just didn't reply. And I just kept baiting them. And I said, I don't want money, I just want Nando's. Yeah. If you, if, because money's dirty, and money you'll win. And you've got lawyers, and I, I can't afford lawyers. But I said, if I just embarrass you, you give me chicken for 10, and then, and then I'll go away. <laughs> and so every time I did a post, I said, look, you know, you've taken my work, but I'm just a lowly screen printer from East London. There's loads of amazing artists. What if you've got Warhol? You've got, you got yeah. you know, Liechtenstein. And we just started pissing around and putting Savile's logos yeah. on it and changing the words like instead of wham for Liechtenstein it said Fulham yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, and again they just ignored it and I kept putting these posts out did they ever reply they did in the end but it went on for about three or four weeks and I was dropping five or six posts a day and every time it said you know I, I really like, uh, like lemon and herb I don't want to go too strong <laughs> a minute you, you just Give me the nod and I'll go away. You buy me my Nando's for ten and I'll yeah. go away. And I kept prompting it and it and it just carried on. And then their ad agency said nothing and it just carried on. And then one day I was somebody sent me a link to the drum, which is an advertising magazine sort of website. And there were four they had these sort of window you know, boxes on the website that had you know, WPP, one of the great big conglomerates, they've just done a, secured a massive twelve billion dollar deal with somebody. This this is another great big story, another great big story. And then there was like Bonaguidi seeks, <laughs> seeks Nando's voucher for play in plagiarism spat. It's like a fucking voucher at Nando's. It yeah. was like, why is that even a story? Yeah. And then that night I was sitting in the car and I dropped my son off uh, in in Chingford to play football and I got a phone call and I thought, here we go, it's gonna be some bloke trying to sell me PPI. And I said, Hello and the guy said, Yeah, it's um, blah 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 from the evening standard what's going on with, with Savills and I said oh it's pretty simple you know they brought out some advertising which they've got in, in all the magazines it's in the Sunday Times they spent a lot of money putting this thing out and it looks remarkably like mine so I sent him a text saying that's what I do that's what they've done he went yeah so what are you doing about it and I said I'm taking a piss out of them and he said well how much money do you want I said they want money he says why not I said I want chicken because I know if I go for money <laughs> if I go for money they're going to kill me yeah 
And you know, I might win, but I won't win. But if I did win, it would cost me millions in, you know, well, thousands in, in court fees. And I just can't afford to do that. So I'll just have a laugh and just use social media to spread the story. Because the great thing about social media is it's a channel. Yeah. And if you can get the same... Because you did put the logo, the Seville's logo. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Right well, I did, a, I, did a, I did a print as well that was like, well, if you're going to use my work, I'm going to start... Savills, we sell houses and flats with a Z and printed that. Well, because what I, what I saw... I just saw the. I thought it was Savile's ads, and I thought yeah. they was a little bit cliche. Yeah, they were um, meant to be. And all, yeah, 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 but yeah, I didn't yeah. know that it was you. I thought it was Savile's. No, no, no. We just taking the piss. When I saw the Jimmy Savile, yeah, I thought that was someone taking the piss out of Savile's yeah. advert. Well, that was the one. That's the one that really annoyed them. I could imagine. And that's the one when they kind of went. They they kind of half responded because apparently it was oh that's too much. Oh yeah, so you don't mind taking other people's yeah, work. Yeah, you don't yeah. mind riding it and having a piss taken out of you. But if then somebody associates you with a paedophile, yeah. you get a bit upset. Yeah. I mean, it's like get your fucking moral judgment right. Uh, but this guy just said, "What was it all about?" From the guy at the standard, and I told him, and then he said, "Right, well, I'm." He, he was stunned that I would just wanted chicken, and he kept saying, "Why are you not doing it for money?" And I said, "Well, because." If they paid me five grand first off, that would have been done. But they didn't, so do, we do chicken. But we just, it's fun. I think it's funny. And I, in, in a way, you asked them to buy the work as well. I wanted you? one piece of work that they bought, which they did. They bought, they bought a map. But then he contacted them in the morning. He said, I'm going to get in contact with them in the morning. And then literally at Was nine. Was it Savills or the, the agency? Agency. A company called Isabel. And uh, like, uh, he would have called them at 9.30. At 9.31, there was a post going out. Who, who would have ever believed there'd be such a fuss over some words printed on a map? And they'd obviously got their yeah, designer. They'd yeah, got their de- yeah. Fucking hell, put a load of maps down, get some words on them, and make a big yeah. old compilation saying people have been doing it for decades. Yeah. Which they probably have. Yeah. And uh, But not with your font and your words. Well, not words. with my font and those <laughs> words. But it's like, you know, so, and then, and then they, um, they said, yeah, fine, you go out and get Nando's. And then and I put a post out saying, right, who wants to come? First, so first 10 to reply, see you down there. Yeah. And then me and two guys from you know, from Unlimited went down there, and then loads of people were just coming in going, yeah, is this free chicken? I like, yeah. <laughs> didn't know anybody. We all sat down and we ate yeah, loads of chicken. Nice. I've just got it again, actually. We just had a company called, is it Lipsy? It's a fashion brand. They've got yeah. a shop on um, on Oxford Street. And in their window, somebody sent me a picture saying, oh, well done, Dave, you've got a thing in the window. And it says, New York is always a good idea, which is one of the other things yeah. I print. But, I mean, that phrase... Blah 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 is always a good idea. It's been around for ages, but it's exactly the same font, same letter space. I mean, it's just like fuck off. Yeah, just play with them. I don't. Know, you'll never get money out of them, and it's like, you know, it's hard to. I mean, it does. People do come up with a similar idea at a similar time. Mm. You know, it's, it's, it's happened in in every area. But as I say, to use the same font, the it's same, just a bit cheeky. But, a bit, but like I said, I find it. I've got to say, I find it flattering. A you know, it's, yeah. I, I find it really. I mean, I had one similar. I've done, done a project, I started a project in 2012 called Walk a Mile. Right. Um, and I'd had the idea since I was, do you know my background about being in jail? No. What did you go in for? Drugs. Okay. I got done for, I was used as a mule. Oh. And I got 14 years. Fuck, for, fuck. Yeah, yeah, I know, for, for drugs. Um, what was it? Jesus. Class A, yeah. Wow. And did you um, do all 14? No, seven. Seven Shit, and 14. Still, where was that? Um, oh, all over. Which is where I got into art. I was, I was waiting to go into, com- into a computer class. This is the section I was talking about during the intro, where I talk about my introduction into the art world. I know you've all heard it before, so I thought I'd save you 10 or 15 minutes. If you haven't heard it, after this podcast, go and listen to the preview episode. 
it's a bit of a corker of a story, even if I do say so myself. But now let's get back to this conversation. Curious about writing to the female artists because they yeah, might yeah. have thought I was a Some fucking rapist or whatever. Yeah, 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 but I did put at the bottom, not that it sort of, I don't know whether it works, I've never asked anyone, but I did put at the bottom, if it's of any um, consolation, I'm neither in for violence or sexual yeah, related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it worked. And and, and they saw me all the way through and pushed me towards um, degree, you know, after <laughs> after seven years. It's a brilliant so story. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know what... What were you talking I'm about? Fucked if I know. Um, 40 minutes. <laughs> like, it's, like, question two. Yeah. <laughs> right, but can you remember your first interest in art and who was your most influential artist? When I was at uh, college, so I did, graph- I did a foundation course at college and then did graphics for two years. And I kind of, um, I think it was just it was the usual suspects. You know, I've always really liked Warhol stuff. Robert Rauschenberg is probably one of my favorites, uh, just because of the the kind of the multimedia, that you just, the, everything, the layers and the textures. Because I've always had that sort of thing of, when it's just a flat piece of work, I just find it a bit one dimensional. And the thing I really like about a lot of those pop artists, and maybe it's because it was also the era that I was born into in the 60s and the 70s, but that kind of layering and that kind of pulling apart of stuff. Jamie Reed was a massive influence course, on me. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of those flat colours, but layers, yeah. and it's sort of, but then printing through the layers. And I remember I went to um, a thing called the Young Unknowns Gallery, which was in on the cut in Waterloo, and I lived on my own there, and I was about, I don't know, 20, 21, and they used to do this thing every year where you'd go in and they'd get a piece of bog roll and you'd have a number on it, and then the room was full of the most amazing art, and you would go round and go, I like that one, I like that one, and it was, whoever's name came out first would get the choice of anything, and you'd pay a tenner to get in, Yeah. and it was fucking heaving, and um, I remember I, I went, yeah, they, they had the original artwork like all pasted down for the Sex Pistols American Express and it was just brilliant I thought yeah fuck I'll have that and my name my name came out like number two so I got it and then some bloke immediately came cost me a tenner some guy immediately came up and said I'll give you 400 quid for it right now and I went yeah <laughs> and then and then I took his numbers and then I've got loads of other stuff and I've still got all that stuff it's weird but so I loved all of that kind of I loved anything with a message and, and this is like when I was, you know, 18, 19, 20, influenced by that punk scene. It was weird, I was, I was talking to somebody last night about it where, you know, I remember watching the Today Show in the, in 76 when the Pistols were on and they just destroyed yeah, great, you know, Bill Grundy. And it was just, but there was, was something about, you know, whether I even liked the music, I mean, I was young at the time, but I remember watching that and thinking, shit, there's something, you can do it, you yeah, can do it. Whatever, yeah. any idea you've got, just do it. The thing that I've always loved is that kind of when it's multimedia, when it's all sort of stuff thrown in together. Yeah. And I think the punk scene, you know, when you look at the fact that the way that the fashion scene at the time for punk was, like, we'll take a bit of that and we'll stick that on it. And I just, I just I've always loved that kind of stuff. So pop art has had a ma- massive influence on me. But then I like things like, you know, I really liked, you know, our mutt, the the, the, yeah, the Duchamp yeah, piss pot, and I, you just sort of. I looked at that, and I remember thinking, I don't get. It. I had the same, probably a similar sort of epiphany when I was looking at it, and looking at it, and trying to get it, and everyone was saying, "It's a fucking toilet with his," and he's signed it. And yeah. but then there's another piece that he did called "Nude Descending the Staircase," and it was just, it was almost like a kind. Of, it's like you know, almost ten frames of this body walking yeah, down the yeah. stairs. But it's like, and I just remember seeing that in a museum in France on a trip. 
and just thinking, Jesus, you know, he's just, it's just, when you, you're just trying to think yourself into that space. Yeah. And so it's, it's always been that kind of stuff. And then, you know, then obviously when you, when you start to see the emergence of artists becoming brands as well, kind of in the 90s with, you know, Damien Hurst yeah. and Tracy Emin and all that. Well, that made me think when you was talking about the procedure of an ad campaign, yeah. I was thinking of the procedure that goes through a name, a brand, an artist like Damien Hurst. Well, it's a business. Because, exactly. you know, they're looking at it in a very scientific yeah. way. Which and a lot is, of artists don't like the they, way that no, he... No, they don't. But, but you see, I think a lot of them see it. I mean, and, and I think you need a bit of both. You need everything in, in, in the world to make it interesting. You know, some, some people hate him, some people love him. I kind of think he's really, I think he's I fascinating. Think, yeah, and I think, I think he's, he's set a, an amazing template for artists. You know, in the old days, artists, you had to be dead 50 years before you could yeah, make any money. Yeah. And somebody else would always be making the money out of you. Whereas now, if you've got the talent and you can work out how to market yourself, build a brand, market yourself even more, and then build an empire that allows you to do the kind of you work that you want to do. You agency. But you do become a business. It it's, it's, you're just constructing yeah. a company that allows you to express yourself and yeah. do the work. And, and, if you, and, and, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, negativity towards making money as artists. Mm. But I think, you know, fuck it. If you've got a talent and you've got a product that people want, make money. What were we talking about? I've kind of lost... What? Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What's the question again? Influential artists. Yeah, so all of that stuff, I think, you know, I mean, I'm very open to everything. And yeah. I look at all the stuff I've got at home. It's just a mixture of... One of my favorite pieces is just a little scrap of paper where somebody had used their thumb to dip into the ink and just put colours yeah, and then yeah, just yeah, write yeah. down the colours and it's beautiful I mean it's like if somebody if, if some top artist had done that you'd go god it's amazing you know? but it is amazing but you know when you get if you, can, if you think that way because the way that it normally works in schools and in education is if you think different you're wrong mm. and to sort of keep that thing you know I felt you feel almost ostracised for thinking in certain ways when I was at school Very, I was, you know, I was like dyslexic and I had a whole load of Behavioural issues. I just never wanted. Literally, it's I weren't dyslexic then. It was thick then. Thick, <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. But you know, all I would do is, you know, my mum has kept all my old sketchbooks. All I would do is literally sit under the table while all the other kids are working, just drawing. Yeah. And you know, then went but to then art that, college. But again, that curious mind and the yeah. creative mind joined together has got your, you know, you've had a thirty odd year in career the, in advertising, yeah. yeah, which has sort of done me pretty good. Yeah. I remember what we was about to talk about. We was talking about influences and and. The Savills and that yeah. sort of thing. So I had an idea when I was oh, yeah, away. Well, when I started looking at myself, was quite a changing point. 
I've sort of looked in my, looked at myself and I thought, well, I don't like this about me. I was looking mm. at what I don't like in other people. Yeah. And then I, f- I was like, well, fucking hold on a minute. I've got them traits. I do that. I, you know, jump on this bandwagon, I might do that. Yeah. I thought, if I want to become an artist, I've got to leave all this fucking baggage behind. I can't yeah. have it. Yeah. So I started sort of stripping bits of me away because I, I was convinced I, I was never going to do crime again. Mm. I was going to do something creative. Yeah. And I, I was sort of rehabilitated through art, and I just thought it's fucking easy to have this mind. You've got to change your mindset. Yeah. You've got to get out of that mindset yeah. on the wing, and, and in crime, and all. You, and it's fucking easy if you can unlock it, which is the the hard thing. I'll be talking to people, and they go, "Yeah, I've done this," and you know, they might be pretty big villains, but it all goes back, and they was like bashed up as kids, or they yeah. had a real yeah, yeah, shitty yeah, yeah. background, or yeah. or they were just. There was just nothing to do, so yeah, they just, yeah. so just run did. round yeah, exactly. and you know not got in the bad bunch because we're all part of that bad bunch. But it's, it's your start up in life, and I just thought, well, fucking hell, if you just understand people or just have a different view, give people a second chance, you know. Yeah. I'm looking at all of this, and then I was always, as much as I'd always fuck about, when someone was feeling down, depressed, which is fucking all the time in there. Yeah. People, I, I did notice that people would come and talk to me because as much as I'm always fucking about, I've always been pretty good to talk to or a good listener. Yeah. And people would come in and sort of chat with me. They'd be at my door, I'd be there drawing or, or whatever, reading, and they'd just be floating about my door. There'd be a little bit of an air about them. And I go, I realise that they want to chat. And I go, I'll come and sit down. And I mean, the toilet was the guest seat, if you like. You know what I mean? So, yeah, come sit down and people would be sitting on your car, see? Because it's the only other seat yeah, yeah, in, the, yeah, yeah. in the cell. A couple of times, you know, like someone would be floating at my door, and then they go, oh, "No, no, it's all right. I just thought I'd come say hello." And then they go back. Later on that night, the alarms would go, and they've tried to top themselves, oh, you God. know. And it's and and I realised pretty much then that sometimes someone just needs a fucking chat. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I've I come up with an idea, judged on the judged, coming off the um, proverb, never judge a man till you walk a mile in his shoes. Yeah, that's nice. What I ended up doing, I was speaking to Ray Richardson about this. I was at work, excuse me, I was at work on a Saturday. This is fast forwarding a few years. Yeah. I was at work on a Saturday in 2012, and I was just speaking to Ray. And I said, Ray, I've come up with this idea. I want to put out on social media or ask artists, only because they're more sort of likely to, to sort of respond, um, to send me a story of a, something they've done wrong in their life and a pair of shoes and then I'm going to walk a mile in their shoes then I'm going to read their story and that way in in the context of this artwork you can't judge this person only I can and I'm not going to or I might do but I'm not going to tell you my judgement I'm going to make my own decision and so that was my idea that if, if that could work in life you know who are you to judge me or him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, until you've been there, so that's I've, I've said it to Ray, and, and this is quite a good little one. He went, he went, yeah, he went, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. Do it. And I was going, oh, but I'm a bit. It's a fucking TV a, show that is. Right. So he went, just put it out. Fucking put it out now. So I've just like put it out, and as we're talking, I've had the first one come back saying, yeah, I'll give you a pair of shoes, and it turned out to be Horace Panther at the specials. Fucking hell. Like the first one. And, uh, that's mad so I've gone I've 
I replied, and I'm going to Ray, like, it's, it's fucking Horace Panther out of specials, and like, raising, you know, raising the special. You know, oh, brilliant, thank you very much. And uh, I've had a couple more. When people have contacted me, I give them my address, um, and they send me a pair of shoes. So I thought I'd do like four or five, because I didn't really know where it was going, what I was going to yeah, do yeah, with yeah. it. And it's a brilliant idea. So I had like, I got four or five, then I thought I'll go up to ten. But then we went on holiday. Come back and there's loads of them little red slips through my door. Not not dozens, but yeah, yeah, probably yeah. about another. It went above 25. Yeah. Then I thought I'd stop at 50. And then I thought, well, when it got to 97, or 93, I said, right, I'm stopping here and I'm up to 93 now. And But I stopped this, this was a while ago, because I thought this is, I know that this is a beautiful concept. I didn't know what to do with it. And then I was watching um, a programme called Sunday Brunch. Um, and there was a guy on there called Roman, I can't remember his surname, but he was writing a book on empathy. And I was like, fucking empathy, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, I couldn't quite get me, me mind onto that word. I was trying to think what it was, yeah, yeah, what area yeah, yeah, I could yeah, put yeah. it into. And I've gone, of course, fucking empathy. And he was writing a book on empathy. So I've contacted him and I said, look, I'm not after anything. I just want to show you this, what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. And uh, I've sent him this email, with a, and I've sent, I've directed him to a, a website that I've just made up with all the shoes on it and the idea. So he's um, he's replied back, he's, he's tweeted it, and I've got loads of these messages back from people, which was like a reassurance then from people who weren't artists. You know what I mean? Going, oh, this is beautiful, this is beautiful. So then I got interviewed by a guy from um, who was doing doing something with the World Service, and he'd heard me. Um, somewhere else I, I can't remember where he'd heard me and he might have heard it from there but he contacted me and said can he do something on me so I went yeah sure about two months later he's contacted me and he went Gary he said uh, I've just been um, for a job with a thing called the Empathy Museum and I went oh I like the sound of that he went yeah they're doing this project what they do is they ask people to send them a story about themselves and a pair of shoes and then they're getting people to listen to the story oh because sorry that there was advertising for audio technicians to go and record <coughs> these stories from people then they're going to walk a mile in their shoes and i went fucking hell we went he said you should stop it pr- like round about now before it you know gets you know contact them yeah yeah so i looked Fuck. On, right so i looked them online and I was like, I looked up the Empathy Museum, and it turns out it's not a place; it's just a thing, a thing. Yeah. And they'd done they'd done a thing before called the Human Library, where you just go and sit and listen to stories. So I thought, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. fucking beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I, I haven't got the, I didn't have ownership of that phrase, you know. No, but you have and ownership I, of the uh, the way it came to yeah. life. I mean, so old fashioned. And he did say, like this this uh, audio technician, he did say that they even mentioned in their presentation that it's nothing to do with anything that's running online so I thought well, and it was mine was running online at the time mm. so I thought well, how can it not be Yeah. and then I, I didn't get the ump about it I'd done exactly what you just said and I took it as a compliment that they're taking it and he was going well no don't don't take it as a compliment they're ripping your thing off yeah, and yeah. I, was, I said but then I'm, I'm looking online and I found that it's not just a person it's got a board it's got a structure, yeah, there's a, and there's loads of art so historians. Discussions and have been had, and somebody has sat there and gone, right, there's a big here's thing. an idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
the top of it was this fucking Roman oh, who I'd sent this thing to five months previous. Yeah. And I've gone, I've, I've contacted this audio girl, and I won't say his name, but I've contacted him and I said, it's the bloke I sent a fucking email to yeah. about my project and now they've got this project coming out. And he went... You see, what gets me is, why, why, why couldn't he just do it, let's do it together? What the fuck? Right. Now, anyway, carry on, I sorry. Makes me fucking well, angry. Now, my past... Every now and then, my past life comes back, right? Now, yeah. I would just... Rather than try and go around the houses, I'd just go and talk to people. Yeah. Which isn't the best thing to do, but it gets Call the end result. That. I think it gets the... Exactly, yeah. that's what you're looking for. Exactly, yeah. so... Fucking cheeky bastard. Right, so I'm talking to him again. And I went, I want to do this. And then I went, no. what That idea is wrong. I'm just going to take it as a compliment. I went, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to contact them and ask to be a part of it. And he went, no, no, just just like, stop it. You know, it, it's your thing. What you're doing is beautiful. And, and you deserve it. You know, the amount of work and effort you've put into it. Yeah. So I just contacted him. And I said, oh, I've been doing a similar thing. Um, like exactly but I'd like to be a part thing. of yours. Yeah. I said, empathy. Because my thing was that it's... I know that through my experience, I've met a couple of people who sent me shoes. They've said it's helped them out of the rut they were in by writing that, yeah. writing that down. So I knew I'd helped someone, and I knew that there's 93 other people that it possibly could have helped or benefited in some way. Um, and then I thought, well, if I try and stop this, this might Kill prevent another yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, other yeah, people yeah. might lose out on that. So I thought, well, I'll let it, I, I won't do that. And um, so I contacted them. And I become one of their storytellers. Yeah. And then they've done another project, a human library again. I was part of that. Right. Then they've done another project. So I thought, well, I'm getting something out of this. Uh, I'm spreading a bit of yeah, empathy, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, then I was in another project to do with books. All the time, it was grating at me. And I never I never pulled them. I never said, oh, you know, I've met this Roman. And when I spoke to him, I was at the launch of, the, of their one that is called A Mile in My Shoes. I was a launch at theirs, they had a big container outside that had been made into a shoebox. And I was speaking to him, and I went, oh, I'm going, and I gave him my card. And, yeah. uh, it was, I bet you went, Woo. Oh, he, As he was talking to me, he was just looking around, he couldn't yeah. look at me in the eye. Yeah, I bet. And I, I went, oh, thanks for putting, and I, I wasn't being nasty, I was, yeah, I was yeah. doing it as if... Yeah, genuinely. Yeah, uh, and I was going, oh, thanks for putting that out when I contacted you about my walk a mile thing. Yeah. And he's going, oh, that's, that's all right. And I went, oh, this is wonderful what you're doing here, it's going to help a lot of people, and blah. Being positive about it. I don't know how you controlled yourself. I would have because, choked him because, out. Because, yeah. But, and I knew that the idea, I didn't know how to handle it the other way. I didn't know yeah, how yeah. to handle it. The only way I knew how to handle it was direct. I knew that was wrong. And I, I knew that I couldn't talk to him and not have that demon creep up and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, go yeah. back the old way. And it wasn't until this year... Bear in mind, they'd done theirs, they started in 2000, this was 2015 when they started. I contacted them this year because it was really getting, because it's fucking grown massive. Yeah. And I just I just contacted them and I said, look, I thought I'd just let you know that this last couple of years, with the growth of your mile in my shoes, I said, I, I've had a, I could have done a project with this, with a big charity, can we use that? And I had them in the back of my mind and I thought, well, because theirs is big, Mine would be the second one, you know, and yeah, they go, yeah, oh, yeah. he's just copying them. Yeah. So I went, oh, not really. Um, I said, it's, it's not really got to where I want it to be. So they shelved it. Right. And they said, well, when you 
He said, we, we want this project. And I was talking to him. I've gone back to him about two months ago. And there might be something in there. Well, I talked talk to it after anyway. Yeah. So I contacted um, the curator and the director, Roman. And I said, look, I've lost out. I've put something to the side here because of your project. I said, can you meet me halfway? I've never asked. I've, I've always been supportive of the Empathy Museum. Yeah. Could you just say that in text somewhere... Gary Mansfield, just mention me. I don't yeah, want yeah. my name blazoned across the shoebox. Yeah. You know, I don't want any money. I don't want. I don't want anything. Just a bit of recognition. Yeah. But an original idea that yeah. we stole from Gary Mansfield. Yeah. I, I, I nice. wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't want any. I just. Um, yeah. The the idea based around Gary Mansfield's project. Yeah. Yeah. Anything with a little bit of recognition. Then yeah. I got an email back saying that um, it was nothing to do with my project. The curator. When she was commissioned to come up with an idea, that was an idea she had based around the proverb. Amazing, isn't it? How close. But considering yeah. that you've dealt with the Roman guy. Yeah. And I said, but and that's, that's called that's called the old get out clause. Yeah, I mean, but I, she but she did say she said, look, I've been I've been in this industry for twenty five years. And she, you know, she's a big name, and, and I yeah. I can't b- believe that she. But don't, but don't forget the shame the shame involved in her having to step down and go yeah we did yeah. just, you, you, they, they just never, they'll never do it they can never do that because it just makes them look stupid because I took it that Roman said oh how about this project yeah, totally. or possibly said well, that's exactly that. how it happened that's exactly how it yeah. happened yeah. she would have gone she wouldn't sit there coming up with ideas if and she's the owner of the company she yeah, gets other people thing. to do that I'm, I don't want this turning into a fucking therapy session but because of what happened to me being set up by that drugs gang I am fucked when it comes to trust. Like, properly, yeah, 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 properly yeah, yeah, fucked. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's fucking happened again in the art world. Yeah. I mean, it, but, it, happened... but, but, you know, but you know what it is? It's not about whether it's art, it's people. It's people are like that. People are fucking conniving shits who, who basically kind of default to the animalistic moment of if I can do something, it's just, we're just, well, this is what we like. Cave, yeah. isn't that? No different from cavemen. We've got a little bit more culture and we wear clothes, but we're still there. If you see an opportunity to grab somebody else's apple and gain some more apples for yourself yeah. they'll do it I mean this is why I left Kamarama you know the same thing the re- I mean, and, and I'm going to get those two guys the two guys right. that I made equal partners and right. it's like uh, you know I'm fucking I'm going to want to get them when, it, when I'm old enough not to give a fuck yeah, see, which I've, isn't that long see I've, I've got I've got that attitude away from me now because because that was reality before yeah, that yeah, wasn't yeah, for me before that wasn't if I said well, I'm going to I'm going like, to Dave's give me the fucking hump yeah. Then I'll just go around and go, look, you give me the fucking up. Yeah. Bang. Right, that's yeah. resolved. That's yeah, made yeah, 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 yeah. It hasn't made the situation yeah, 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 any yeah, fucking yeah, no, no, no. But, but it is one of those things that I think I'm, I'm fortunate as well. And, and in, I mean, you know, it's, it's easier for me to say than it might have been for you to say yeah. at the time because I had a job in advertising. Yeah. You know, I was getting paid loads of fucking money. And, and so suddenly, you know, when it's, when it's your bloody livelihood, when you're coming up with those ideas and then you see it somewhere else and that's your livelihood, that hurts. Yeah. And you know, I get that. There's a few, a few of the artists who sent me shoes because it was all, it was all anonymous. Great I didn't, idea. Great I didn't idea. know whose shoes I was walking in, so I, di- I didn't even see the handwriting. Yeah. Because you can, you, know, you can take make a judgment on people from the sure, handwriting. Yeah, yeah, of course. So it would all be on a bit of paper, same text, same font. Yeah. Just no out. names yeah, in it. Have dear brilliant. Gary, blah blah blah. Brilliant. So I had no brilliant. apart from the shoes. So I'm walking through my fucking housing estate with a pair of women's high heel shoes on. <laughs> Reading this letter, you know what I mean? It, yeah, it's good, mate. It's but the worst thing, I, I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> but you've got to do it. Do it as a book, or do it as a program. Do it as a. Again, when I contacted um, Claire and Roman, 
And they replied, I've got no reason to disbelieve. I don't know Roman. I contacted Roman. Claire I've met, Claire's lovely. Claire's, you know, a, a fucking great artist in her own right. I can't imagine her stealing it. I could imagine Roman saying, oh, how about this idea? But I'm not saying he has. And then she says, oh, yeah, we could do this, we could do that. It's just all about ownership. But they said that wasn't. You know, uh, Roman said he just sort of read my email and just uh, promoted it on Instagram for me, Mm. doing me a favour, but then he forgot all about it. Claire was saying she came up with the idea. I can't, I'm not going to call it... Any cool Mate, you know, you know what the good thing is. Uh, I mean, the way I look at it is, if you've had one great idea, yeah, you're gonna have loads of. And then, funny enough, and it just becomes one of those things that it'll come through. Another thing for great you, idea yeah? for Calm. See, um, the interesting thing with that as well, we, we did some work with Calm, and the thing that he said, a lot of the guys who are contemplating suicide, one of the things that's absolutely fascinating for them is to hear stories from other people. Yeah. So, as a normal person who doesn't suffer from mental, mental health issues, to listen to somebody who does is a really interesting story. But also from a, from somebody who's got mental health issues or suicidal tendencies, to sit there and listen to a story of a bloke who's been in the army and gone through That's massive stress. That's who I was stress. speaking to, but I think he's left. James, uh, right? Okay. I think it might have been someone he's I spoke brilliant. to. He's brilliant. They did all of that stuff. The sellotape uh, people yeah, standing on yeah, top of buildings because yeah. there's like 84 people. Of, of, month or something yeah. to kill himself I mean it's fucking horrendous stuff but it's a great idea great idea right I'm so sorry for going off on tangents don't worry it's good right when did you realise you wanted to be an artist uh, on the Saturday <laughs> uh, yeah pretty much on the Saturday but I mean I'd always had sort of ambitions to sort of be creative and that's why I got into the you know that's why I went to art college because I'm thick didn't, couldn't do anything else went to art college uh, and then and then sort of thought, well, if I'm in art college, how do I get into design? My dad had an Italian restaurant in Fulham. Uh, loads of people from advertising used to go in there, so he knew them all. So I just wrote them letters and said, you know my dad, can I come in and look at your place? And they all said yes, because they knew my dad, they liked him. And then it, it just led from you know, going in and studying graphics at the time. They didn't have advertising courses at the place I went to, but you just, you just got into an agency, did a two-week stint, turned into four weeks. I just kept going in. And they were like, what are you doing here? I said, well, well you're not you paying went, me. You went into advertising from that. But when you've done that yeah. course after Karma Rama, yeah. yeah, how long was it? Was it during that day that you thought, this is what I want to do? Uh, before that. It was before that. Before when I, when I, Even when I was in advertising, the thing that I get frustrated with in advertising is just the amount of time it takes to happen and how you can have a, an idea. But the thing that frustrated me was I just never knew how to make it. Because yeah. I painted. I did a lot of painting on boxes. When I lived in Spitalfields, I find all these old pallets and stick them together and cut holes in them and put things I've found out of the markets in them and build all these things but they were always one-offs and, and, and then i never sell them for anything I'd sell them for 100 quid I'd do like open nights gallery nights but they'd take me two weeks to a month to make yeah. and I thought if I could do something you know it's sort of back to that thing of wanting to make something that people like but doing it on a scale where you can make money and so it was kind of that frustration of trying to work out how I could learn a trade to turn ideas into something that you could make on a mass scale, mm. like printing, because um, I wasn't really into the painting. I'm not technically good enough to paint, and um, and so it was sitting there for a long time. And it was literally, it was like an epiphany when I went in and did the screen printing course to have a bit of an idea on a bit of paper. And, and I remember I turned up, I didn't have anything. They say you got to turn up with a bit of artwork, and I went, "Fuck, I haven't got anything." <laughs> so I just had to draw something. Yeah, and I just got a bit of paper and I just drew it really quickly and said, "All right, we'll do that." And then I thought, oh, right, I get it now. 
you got to be, it's about preparation as well and having the idea. And then once you suddenly go, once you get your hands in the ink and you put the squeegee down and you pull it and you look and you it's go, inst- fuck, instant. it's like, I can't, I, I, it's I, I'm like graffiti but with it's, straight it's, lines. It's like a, yeah, but it's, it was like, a, a, it totally changed my life. Yeah. Transformed it. And then since then I've just become, it's just been a, like a, the, the worst What's your favourite piece you've made so far? Or the bit that holds, that you hold most dear? I don't know, I've got a really weird thing where I don't give a fuck, once I've done it I don't care about it. Is that the advertising coming Probably, in? you just, you you just forget about it. Done one head, right, just that's move on. No, it's finished, it's, it's like yesterday's news. I mean I, I find it, I've got to say, I find it, and it's, it's nice when you have to keep printing some of the things you've done in the past because they're selling out. Do you do editions or do you just do a lot of them? Some unlimited. of them are editions, and then some of them are just open because the maps are all unique. All you started off. seeing your work creeping up on um, like interior programs on the TV. Yeah, but I just got contacted by um, somebody at the BBC said, "Oh, we want to put." I don't even know how it happens. I think I think a lot of it is just it's it's literally taken four years of like pushing against the boulder. Doing little bits, doing little bits, and I remember when I went to print club, I'd see there'd be artists there who do two or three editions a year. Mm. I was doing like four on a weekend, yeah. you know. And that's the only time I could print was on the weekend, or at night, or in the morning. Um, and you literally just go down there, have an idea, get the get the uh, positives done, go down and expose it. Got four screens, and literally on each screen, I've got a different edition. It just yeah. so when I go on a weekend, I'll, I'm still printing four editions on a weekend. But things like the things I really like are the things like the um, Pete, I did I did a poster back at Karmarama for for the anti war march said make yeah, tea I'll not war cool. and and I remember when that got into that got into the VNA and I remember thinking fuck hold on is that I don't know is that advertising is it propaganda is it art is it paste up well yeah and it had a bit of everything I mean I, I see art as being in the centre and, and there is everything is lots on the of applications yeah. exactly. And and so and and that, that was an eye opener. And I remember thinking, God, that was weird because I remember going down the following day. Yeah, we went on the we went on the handed them all out on the march, and then went and got the papers, and it was yeah. on the front page of the Sunday Times. And I thought, fucking, now this is weird because that's like using the the knowledge that you've got in advertising, then marketing, but also unbelievably lucky. You know, you you just one off bit of creative creativity yeah. that just because we knew everybody else was going to have very po-faced banners and we knew that it would all be a bit serious, if you could do something stupid and have a laugh, yeah. it might stand out. Yeah. And that's PR. And it does, yeah. And, and it does. I mean, I, the things I like often are just the things I've just recently done. You know, I've just done a whole load of these, more of those trash dollars that, yeah, that have gone they? really nice. And, and that was just... But that's the thing, that's the, the simplicity <clears throat> of pink with a red shadow... On something on beautiful, something. but I mean, a dollar bill is the most beautiful money in the world. Yeah. You know, it's just the, the colours and the shape and everything about it. And then when you just put trash, and it was, it, I mean, a, a lot of Americans sort of go, oh, is it, were, you, were you fucked off with us? And I'm like, no, no, it's, it's more about money. It's about yeah. the value of money. It's like now, you know, credit in two years' time, well, money won't, won't mean anything. And, and there's something beautiful about that dollar, and it's been created, and it means something to billions of people around the world, but it means nothing. It's, yeah. it's pointless. And, and, and so... Yeah, so I like all that kind of stuff, and you know, still like the maps. I've just bought these beautiful maps online of a postal, the, the huge postal districts, southeast London, northeast, northwest, southwest, and then you know, they're on brown paper, like two colour. Just oh, something I don't even know what I'm going to print on those. Yeah, so you can with, with that you can go historical. Yeah, yeah, you know, totally. You can Stratford upon Avon, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Where'd you find your inspiration? Just wherever. I mean, I, mean I, I ride a motorbike. I don't like being on public transport. I don't like going underground. I like being in the fresh air, looking around, and uh, 
and, and I've got an old truck as well. So if I'm driving around and I just see something, I literally just pick it up. The markets, I'm on eBay all the time. Just just typing random things in. Like I just go job lot and see what comes up. Yeah. And then just keep watching, looking. And it's, it'll all be T-shirts. And then if you go used and then see what that throws up. I do big markets up at um, Kempton, which is the one in uh, the race course down mm. in Sunbury. And I found these amazing um, posters, like, like like lithographs from the fifties of all of these like ice cream sundays all lined up, and this fucking bloke had piles of them, and I just lost it, and I bought fifteen hundred quid's worth, and I didn't have the money, I just paid it all of them, and then I printed onto them. You and editions then I, and then, that you do, your open editions, you do them on just. Like on those, you buy on those, on, on those, on the, um, on the, the new, new maps, the, the new map. Well, because uh, I've got two different styles, so some of them will be ex- original maps, Sorry, folding maps, on, on folding maps, and they, they're kind of the real ones. Yeah. Uh, and then also because I do it on the north south London ones, so I've printed onto you know, real maps, folding maps. But then I also did an edition, an op- a, a, a numbered edition of 150, I think. Of uh, so I did a lithograph of a really nice map, so they're all the same. Because mm. the problem is they're all different sizes. So if I get, I've got fucking piles of maps at home. My house is like a fucking atlas, <laughs> but it's just got piles of them. But they're all different sizes. So yeah. you're sitting there, you have to lay them all on top of each other and go right. I can print something about that big on all of these. And then you sort of work back yeah, from that. Yeah. Because when they're just sitting there gathering dust, I'm as guilty as everybody else who's got a yeah. map. You know, I want to get them off and get them out. Out on the wall. Uh, yeah. And so they, they, they're, you know, some of them are open editions. I mean, when you've got, you know, I do those love letters with the XOXO, and yeah, I just buy yeah, job yeah, lots yeah. of these love letters. They're fucking amazing. Amazing. Beautiful stories that people have, you know, they open it with, you know, hello, honey bunch. and I mean, just that people don't say that anymore. Yeah. And then... I just think they're so beautiful, and I've been trying to trace the families of the people who wrote them. Oh wow! In, you know who were, not, who were dead. Yeah. And and send them, but it's really hard because a lot of the names are kind of pretty normal. I'm just yeah. trying to trace these people. But there's, um, but I love you know. They're, they're, so they're all open editions because every one is completely different. You know, all beautifully original. If there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would be your <coughs> having dinner group show? Having a having uh, yeah, it's fry up the same in a sort cat. of thing. Yeah, but it's, oh. I'll put it as a perfect group um, show. Oh, Andy Warhol. I would love to listen to him because I think he was the the just you know the epitome of the, the first art brand, and he turned it yeah. into a thing. Yeah. You know, for my dream, every agency I've ever set up, it was like the factory. You know, you want people making stuff, you want people thinking stuff, you want people selling stuff, and it's just this fucking buzz and it's music. And I remember you know, when Tomato was around when they were when they did you know. Underworld, and then yeah, they had yeah. like kind of the design part of it, and it was just, it was just like creativity, like the thing that happened with punk, you know, it was like music, art, fashion, all coming together. Uh, that's that's the thing that I'm obsessed by. Um, so if it was, if I was going to Greasy Spoon or a show, it would be Andy Warhol. I still, I remember going around to some guy's house um, who had uh, a guy called Matthew Freud, who's like a big collector. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I got interviewed by him once for a job. And he's got this amazing place in Primrose Hill. He's got a fucking an area just stacked, all stacked on top of each other of Warhol portraits, of, you know, Chairman Mao and all. But then he's, the best one he's got is just this big bit of paper and it's just got a pencil dollar Warhol. And I was just like, man, you know, I thought I was going to steal it when I was down there. <laughs> he's also got the drum kit from Sergeant Peppers on the wall. 
just, just, it was just like, fuck. You know, normally when people have got money, they don't have good taste, but his taste is impeccable. Yeah. He does a lot with the arts as oh, well. He just, he? But he knows his stuff yeah. and he just, and he just knows what stuff is good. And he's just got, you know, even, even like he had two Grace and Perry's and I didn't really know an awful lot about Grace and Perry. And I couldn't work out whether the, the thing with the look and all of that kind of stuff was just part of the brand. But then when you see it, I mean, you see it. I mean, I've never seen any of this stuff, so I was ignorant. It was a, it was me just being daft. But when I saw them on the wall, I mean, it just, just it's pretty fucking common, to die for. And so I go to Rauschenberg. But then also I remember I'd love, you know, somebody like, um, just as an ideas person, uh, Da Vinci. I remember when I was a kid going to Leonardo Da Vinci's house in Tuscany. And it's like this little rambling, you know, as you just imagine, lots of uh, tall pines and a little kind of rickety old stone building with all of his sketches in pads and bits of paper. And he's got helicopters and gunships, he's got everything. Fucking and you amazing. just sit there and, and, you go, think, and you go, and you can see what pencil day? marks. And this is like whatever it was, 1203 or whatever, I mean, whenever it was, I don't know. But it's just, and this is 1500s. Yeah, yeah, and this is when I was like probably 10 or 11. I'm standing in. The space that he lived in, you know, they got all these old houses that are, you know, over a thousand years old that that, that, he, that he would have lived in. But the sketches and the the ideas and the, the way that people thought he was stupid. Yeah. There's another thing I remember seeing, an amazing sculpture in this uh, sort of church museum in in Florence, and it was the Madonna, but she's wearing a veil. But it's made of stone, but you can see through it. And I can't, oh, yeah, I can't yeah, explain. Yeah. I can't explain yeah. it. But it just—it just my brain is too small to even compute how yeah. they've done that. But I don't know how the fuck they did that. It's amazing, isn't it? It looks translucent. It's it? just weird, and it blew me away, you know. And then, and then it's so so it's sort of seeing those people who are—it's that craft. It's the combination of exceptional craftsmanship and ideas. And so Jamie Reed, I put in there just because there's just people who were I think were formative in. The way I've responded, beyond their time. Just, and just trying new stuff and throwing stuff around. I was going to say, if you weren't an artist, what would you be? But I think if you weren't in the ad Rent game, boy. Yeah. <laughs> do that again, again. No, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's like uh, you know, for me, I'm, 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 I'm unbelievably fortunate. You know, it's like uh, uh, a little fat white boy from London whose dad owns a restaurant. It probably doesn't get any easier. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know, lucky. You know, you if, if I was born outside the M25, it would have been 20 times harder. Yeah. If I was born in Scotland, it would have been 100 times where did harder. You, where did you grow up? In Fulham. And then Surrey. So where does that, on, on your Instagram, the real Hackney Dave? Real Hackney Dave. It, it, I've only lived in Hackney for 20 years because what happened was I, I, I born in you know, Paddington, lived in Fulham, moved out to Surrey, uh, went back into the Elephant and Castle, then did Clapham. Uh, and then Islington, and then and then Spitalfields. So I was in Spitalfields in '94 when it was Tracy Emin was in squatting in the house yeah, next door yeah. to me. You had the twins, Gilbert and George, lived over the road, working in the calf at the market calf. You know, you'd go into the market calf at four in the morning, and they would serve you like lamb and roast yeah, potatoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the most fucking insane time. But then it was when Twitter came about. So I went on holiday, downloaded Twitter on my phone. And uh, they went, oh, you need a handle, you need a name. And I went, well, Bonaguidi's a bit clumsy. So I just went, Hackney Dave. I went, Hackney Dave. Yeah. And then I just started doing that. And it was just, it was just the most convenient thing. Yeah. And it was because I was writing about the riots that were happening in... Do you remember when they all, they all went, they all started rioting? Oh, fuck, that's the bloke that was trying to buy his flat. I'll give him a call. Um, 
the uh, they were rioting in in Hackney and they all went up all, they all went up green lanes yeah. and all the Turks came out with knives Actually, and they yeah, went yeah, yeah. no we won't go there let's go <laughs> yeah. let's go back to Tottenham and we'll smash that up and so I I was commenting on that so I just wanted to say that I was in Hackney so I called myself Hackney Dave and then when I went when Instagram came out I went Hackney Dave and it went it's gone so I just went oh real Hackney Dave yeah. and that's, that's yeah. it's no other rationale but I'm not from Hackney yeah but I live there I mean, not, I mean, that's where Mizog comes from Mizog oh. yeah. But then that's just the old thing yeah. that you know, you're a Mizog. Yeah. But a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, Fizog. I mean, it yeah. was all of those, yeah. Well, I mean, Mizog, it was spelt with an S. Yeah. But that wasn't very Yeah, exactly. But that's what I mean. It's just. That's but then I'm lumbered with it. Because then, but it's funny, man. It's like, you know. Because I started calling my kids Mizog when they was whinging, which yeah. is what my granddad used yeah. to do. I, you know, my dad weren't about, but my granddad used to call me a Mizog. Yeah. And then when my kids were whinging, you'd go back to you, you so calling my kids a Mizog. Yeah. My other half had never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, but, it's, but it's funny, but I love that sort of stuff when it's, you come up with it really quickly yeah. and everybody else is wondering what the fuck it means. Yeah. You know? But it doesn't matter. What have you got coming up? You've got the... There's a, there's a few shows coming up. The Ace Club? Kind of, there's the Ace Club, which is going to be at um, a really nice space, at Candid Arts, in just around the back of Angel, isn't it? Yeah. Yours will be coming out at the end of December. Okay. So the... Ace Club would have already happened. Ace Club happens. And at how the was it? Was it good? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Well, I hope it. I hope it. Let's let's try and fucking project. I think it's going to be good. Yeah, so it's I'm going sort to be of great. selling. I've got that massive piece, yeah. the, the big five meter one. I'm hoping will fit on the wall. Are you sm- smelling? Are you selling smaller prints? Smaller stuff. So I've got no. It's not of that. So oh, I've got that's like fish and chips and cans of pop. I mean, it's it's like massive. Yeah. So that'll be on the wall, but I don't mean I don't know. I mean I'm trying to get quite a lot of money for that, and then I'm selling like loads of trash dollars. I've got glittered trash. Yeah. I've got some XOXO love letters, and then I've got some lots of uh, love is fun little porno yeah, books yeah, things yeah, that yeah. I do. Excellent. I might have some fish and chip prints in there. So it's just basically all the stuff that I've just because every time I do a bunch, I kind of keep a quarter of it aside for me just in yeah. case when we come to the sales. Because obviously with galleries, they, they smash you for fifty percent yeah, every time. And the good thing about Christmas is. Is cashola going straight in your pocket? Um, where can people? F- oh, so what else have you got coming up? You said uh, I've got a show. Coming? I've got a show coming up that I'm doing with Nelly Duff in the new year, called "Say It with Flowers," uh, which is an old advertising phrase that I think yeah. Interflora yeah, yeah, used yeah, to yeah. do. And uh, so I found these amazing little um, seed packets, um, American seed packets that just got all the pictures of flowers on them. And I bought a job lot of about a thousand, and then I've just spelled out things like fuck off yeah, yeah. so just have a letter on each one or I love you and then another one says lick me kiss me lick me fuck me so it's just all, yeah, and, yeah, and then yeah. we'll just get them all put in frames so you'll buy a little pack of five or six letters yeah. I've got those um, but I love it uh, but again it's sort of it's that playful I think it's that sort of thing of having a bit of a laugh as well yeah. I've just done a whole batch of those um, dreams come true things which was I printed them onto cardboard originally and then cut them out by hand and then I printed them onto wood and I had them laser cut and I've stuck them on a wall in Haggerston and now I've put them in boxes as well so I've got 20 odd of those I've yeah. sold a few of those but they'll be on the shows um, but it's, it's literally like half the time I'll sort of come up with an idea tomorrow and then that'll be the next thing yeah. and that's why it kind of makes it really easy just to forget about everything that you've done because I think I, I got massively affected I went around to a guy's house once who worked in advertising and all the pictures on his walls were the ads that he'd done and I was like god dude you know what the fuck are you doing yeah. it's like it's like you've created a museum to yourself it's so yeah, looking yeah. up your own ass. and so for me I don't even have any of the art I don't have anything I've just framed my first bits that I'm going to put on my own wall 
of yours. Yeah, never do it. Always have other people's yeah. stuff. Just got a massive print done, a, a, a massive frame of a bit of work by um, Danny Augustine. Do you know Danny? No. He's brilliant. You should check him out. He's down at Jealous, and he does amazing stuff. And he swapped, swapped. I used to do these weapons that I'd get powder coated, and they're called Big Boys Toys. Um, so I've got an AK-40, a real AK-47, had it powder coated so it looked like a Nerf gun, and put it in a, on a backing and wrapped it in nice. plastic. Did hand grenades and knuckle dusters, and he bought a gun and he he bought the little Walther pistol yeah. that was pink. But he um, the <coughs> knuckle dusters were beautiful. I mean, highly illegal. Yeah. Oh no! See, I've looked into this because I wanted to do something knuckle dusters. Yeah. If you was to make your own knuckle duster, if you was to buy a knuckle duster yeah. from France, yeah. for instance, bring it home, but that's illegal. Right. Because Not because you're importing it, but if you was to make your own knuckle dusters right. for an artwork. What makes it a knuckle duster illegal is because it is made with one purpose in mind, which, right, okay. which is violence. Right. Not art. If you're making it as an artwork, that's how the guys. Do you remember when they was used as belt buckles yeah, a few yeah, years ago? Yeah, yeah. That's how they got around got it. Because they was using it as a belt buckle, and then you take it off. Yeah, that's then, yeah. But they was doing yeah. it on a strap yeah, that yeah, came yeah, off yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so you can make it. All right, now I've got a question. Right, so one of the things I'm doing for the candid arts is I did a print for Blisters, the print club show for when they had to pick your favourite TV show and then turn that into a print. And so we pre-printed um, $400 bills and then I printed a phrase that um, Pablo Escobar, so I did Narcos, and Pablo Escobar used to do this phrase, there can only be one king. Mm. And I printed onto the dollar bills with white that diamond dust, so it's this really vibrant glitter. And I mixed cocaine, real cocaine into it, into the pot and mixed it up. Yeah. Doing another print now for Candid Arts, which is a close-up of, um, which was the other idea that I wanted to do for the blisters thing, but they wouldn't let me do it. So it's a picture of um, on the hundred-dollar bill uh, Benjamin Franklin. So it's just that A3 Benjamin Franklin in that kind of green and line work, and then it's got a, f- uh, a phrase on it which is like bump, toot, and it's sl- slang for mm. coke. And then in his nostril, I'm just going to put a dab of real coke. Yeah. And everyone's saying you can't do you it. You can't do it. It's, it's coach illegal. I'm going to do it. Oh, do it. I'm going to do it. Is it for art? I mean, yeah. But the, the thing is, because it's... I, I, I don't know for definite, but I would say, but because it is an illegal substance, no matter where yeah. you are, that's that would be the legalities of it. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. The person who buys it... It's suddenly... Yeah. Am I the dealer? Yeah, Am I the dealer? Or the dealer. are they there? That's why, you see those, those other ones I've done with the gold leaf on the fibres? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they look fucking great. But, you know, I, I did one for another artist for fibres or something. He was using old fibres, yeah. and that's where the first thing with, that sort of came with that. But when you, when you suddenly, it's like, the thing I love is when you take money that's worth money, that's something, like mm. a dollar, and then you can make that by doing something to it, yeah. it becomes different. Yeah, yeah. And where can people find you? You've already said Real Hackney Dave. Uh, you haven't got a website, have you? No. I've tried to have a little uh, like a, it works, like a it page, works but I just it. I just can't I can't I make stuff too quick. People are using Instagram as their website now, aren't they? I use it as yeah, that is my and website. A happy website you've yeah. got there, isn't it? But it's like um, I mean, there's galleries that sell stuff. So Print Club London, Jealous Gallery, Nelly Duff sell my stuff. I try to keep down to three galleries because I sell different things in different yeah. ones, uh, and then uh, I'll often announce stuff on Instagram and then sell the first few of those and then they go into the gallery well that's it brilliant thank you very well, much well we should do I'm something sorry together sorry to have uh... Mate, it's good. Oh, thank you.
There we go. Now, wasn't that a great insight into Dave's past and present life? I love the part when Dave mentioned about how Savills brought out ads that were identical to his artwork. And the Instagram posts that Dave put up in response were brilliant. Go over to Dave's Instagram page, which is Real Hackney Dave. It will take a lot of scrolling down, but it's well worth it. And Dave has got a great Instagram page on my ad. And if you're not on Instagram, just go over to Google and type in Dave Buonaguidi, Savills Estate Agents. And just as funny was Dave's map that he bought off eBay. He's got a great photograph of himself on Instagram of him standing in front of that map, which is over twice as tall as him at four metres high. As well as being on the podcast, I asked Dave if he would be in my Face Value Free show at Jealous in April. I can't remember exactly which names I've told you, but the most recent names we've got for the Face Value show are Geraldine Swain, Mila Alexander and Sarah Pope. So no doubt, just before the show opens in April, we will definitely have at least one podcast where we will be speaking to the guys of the Katie Piper Foundation, possibly Katie herself if she's available, hopefully Dario from Jealous, and a few of the artists speaking about the work they donated or the work they manipulated. And on the subject of collaborations, there's two future podcast collaborations on the horizon. As I think I mentioned last week, Benjamin Murphy has got a podcast coming out this month, the Delphian podcast. I was speaking to Ben a couple of weeks ago, and we said we should add each other to our podcast lists. So I would make Benjamin a focus on the Art podcast, and likewise, Benjamin would make me a focus on the Delphian podcast. And funnily enough, just a couple of days before that conversation, I was listening to Geeta Josh's Curator Salon podcast. I ended up speaking to Geeta and asked her if she'd fancy doing a double recording one day. Again, her appearing on here and me appearing on the curator's cellar. She mentioned it was something she considered a little while ago. Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting and a healthy thing for for everyone. It's a win-win situation all round, really. So I think I'll try and arrange something with Geeta early on in the new year and then with Benjamin a month or so later. Next week's podcast is Maeve Doyle. I'd mentioned to people that I wanted to do podcasts with non-artists, but people who were in the industry in some respect. So as well as artists, I wanted art critics, gallerists, framers, brush makers, anyone who would make a good art-related podcast. And Maeve Doyle's name appeared time after time. I heard that she was an amazing talker, that she had an excellent vocabulary and art history and that she had a million amazing stories. So I contacted May via social media, asked her if she'd appear on the podcast. She asked me a few questions. She'd done a little bit of research. And, well, I don't have to say what her answer was. She's on next week. And I absolutely loved meeting her. But that's next week. In the meantime, as I say each week, if you could leave a comment on the platform that you listen to this, it would be most appreciated. Anyone who's looking for an art podcast goes by the comments that are left. So please leave a comment, subscribe, share, tell people about the podcast. Tell them to go over to mizogart.com where you'll see the ever-growing lineup of artists. And to see what I'm up to on a day-to-day basis, go over to Instagram, which is at mizogart, M-I-Z-O-G-A-R-T. But that's all for now. So until next week, ta-da. 
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.